0: Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Soul. Ooh, they burn it down. Save Before they burn it down Hey, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Step Fast and Law podcast. Elizabeth Fields is the Chief Executive Officer at The Warrior Connection. Elizabeth served as president and co-founder of Jackson Fields Consulting, a firm that leveraged 20-plus years of nonprofit leadership experience to help organizations reorganize and scale effectively to ensure sustainable impact. Prior to that, Ms. Fields served as Chief Operating Officer at the Gary Sinise Foundation, as well as held various executive roles at leading nonprofits and academic institutions to include National Public Radio, the University of Pennsylvania, the University of Chicago's Booth School of Business, and the University of Arizona, where she is a graduate, uh, Eller College of of Management. So we are now joined by Elizabeth Fields, who is top dog at the Warrior Connection.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me on the show today. It's an it's, honor to be here. It's my
0: pleasure. And you just <laughs> recently moved down here to Texas, so welcome to our Texas heat.
1: Well, thank you very much. <laughs> it's a little bit different from
0: that uh, Arizona heat because yeah. uh, that's pretty much so a dry heat and we, we have a little humidity yeah. that we throw Just a in little there. bit. Just, just, just a little, a little bit. bit. <laughs> well tell us about your background starting out in the non not for profit world because that can be a, a world that really has a lot of intricacies and can get bogged down and a lot of not for profits you know do fail. So So what are the keys to success for being a nonprofit organization?
1: Run it like a business. Run the nonprofit like a business. I think what happens a lot of times are a lot of nonprofits, I don't think, a lot of nonprofits um, are started for because people have a passion, Mm -hmm. right? They want to make the passion happen. They want to go run the program. They want to help people, and they just do all that. And they forget that you need to raise awareness, you need to raise money, you need to actually have proper operations mm-hmm. because that's what's going to help you grow and become sustainable. So you need to run it like a business and you can't forget about the admin needs that are associated yeah. to actually make it grow
0: now how often do you see these nonprofits that you know they go through maybe some type of ramp up some type of train up as opposed to those that just you know i got a great idea like you said i got a passion i'm going to apply for a 501c3 status and then it's like uh, okay what do i do now
1: i'd say that most of them sit there and just go and they forget about everything else mm-hmm. and then it's what do i do now Um, The really effective ones will actually sit there and raise capital for a year or two before Mm. they even do programming. And then they're set up to actually raise money for you know, the next year. They yeah. don't have to worry about raising money when they're actually trying to run programs at So the in same other words, time.
0: establish a seed money, a, a base, a foundation.
1: Yes, that is definitely the most effective way to ensure success.
0: Now, the branding and, and of course, you know, the donor contacts. I mean, is there a means by which people can get, you know, good education on doing these things so that it's not, you know, starting from ground zero in many cases?
1: Well, nowadays you can actually go and get a degree in how to run really? a nonprofit. Wow. Um, that's fairly new. I'm, I'm old school. I didn't go and get a degree in that. Yeah. I learned hands on, and I have to say, I still think that's the best way. Yeah. Um, but being able to, so a lot of times you'll see fundraisers in particular jumping around a lot of nonprofits, and people are like, hey, why are they doing that? And there's a variety of reasons. But one of them is because you're trying to get different kinds of skill sets that mm-hmm. you can then take with you. To wherever your final destination is, yeah. and tweak those processes and procedures that you learned, and bring them to that nonprofit and tweak it accordingly. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of times, that's why you see a lot of jump around as well. It's because you're trying to build a, a, a tool or skill set, I guess, yeah. to take with you.
0: What about board composition? How important is that for a nonprofit, nonprofit organization?
1: It's important. You don't want to make it too big because then there's just a lot of different opinions yeah. and you can't get any work done. I'd say between nine and 11 is a perfect amount. You definitely want a combination of people who are tied into the community, uh, who can bring a skill set that you might not have available on the board. So, for instance, a lot of nonprofits don't like to invest in marketing because it's just a lot of admin costs. So, yeah. having marketing professionals on the board is a good offset. And then of course, you do need some people who are connected and have the ability to give, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, if you don't raise awareness and you don't raise any money, you're not gonna be offering any programs. That's so right. you want a nice mixture of skill set, connections, somebody who can actually give money and service to the community.
0: You gotta make sure they're functional, you know, and I used to be on the board of the National Rifle Association and I gotta tell you, 76 members. That's a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you wanna talk about inertia. But, you know, the interesting thing is that there was a core group that, you know, always, you know, had the ear of the executive vice president, what have you. And so it was it was very interesting dynamic to have a board that was that big and to see, uh, you know, really that it didn't end up being quite functional. Yep. And there was a lot of you know, inability to, to move forward because, like I said, it was that core group. So tell us now, okay, you're, you're in this not-for-profit world, and then all of a sudden you get the opportunity to be with someone I, I've, I've met personally on a few times, Mr. Gary Sinise, mm-hmm. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan. Every, Lieutenant Dan, everyone knows. How, what was that like to, to go from being maybe a little bit behind the scenes yeah. to now you're the COO of a very large uh, foundation?
1: Well, I'm, I'm certainly grateful that I had that experience, right? Gary's Foundation does a lot of work with veterans and yes. first responders. And I was actually originally hired there to be the lead fundraiser. Okay. And then uh, there was a leadership change. Uh, the executive director at the time, her daughter had a baby and she said, I'm retiring and going to move across the country and good for her. <laughs> mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And um, the board decided to bring in a retired four-star general, Robin Rand, to be mm-hmm. the CEO. And he did a little restructure. And he actually gave me the honor and appointed me to be the COO. Yeah. Um, and I learned a lot under Gary and General Rand mm-hmm. about operations, about strategy, mm-hmm. um, all those things I talked about uh, beforehand, but at a much higher level. Yeah. Um, during COVID actually, there was a lot of specialty campaigns going on too. So mm-hmm. there was a lot more external work that, that I got to experience that I wasn't expecting as the COO. So it really actually set me up for success. To go into this next level like the ceo position at the warrior connection
0: now what were some of the, the the key takeaways as as you come over to the Warrior connection what were some of the things great lessons learned from being with the garrison east foundation that enable you now to transition and and like i said now you're the top dog with the the warrior foundation here yeah
1: uh, i'd say one of the Warrior key...
0: connection i'm sorry no,
1: that's okay <laughs> uh, one of the uh key takeaways is definitely finding what makes you unique and stands out Mm -hmm. in this particular space that you are in. So there is a uniqueness at the Warrior Connection. Um, I I mean, if I may just go right there. Yeah,
0: yeah, Um, we want to.
1: Okay, at the Warrior Connection, um, there's two things that actually really make us unique. Um, And the very first one is, while we're trying to prevent uh, veteran suicide, um, we are one of three organizations in the entire country that serve... Um, offer specialty programming for servicemen and women that experience military sexual trauma Mm -hmm. during their service. We're one of three. The second thing is that we've had unparalleled success. And as you know, I've been in the nonprofit world for 26 years, and I've never seen anything like I've seen at the Word Connections impact. We are trying to prevent veteran suicide. We've offered 13 years of programming, and we've yet to lose one veteran to suicide after going through one of our programs. So you need to find what makes you unique. You do, and let the and let the community understand like the impact you're having and um, to the community, and that this impact needs to continue.
0: Yeah, because the thing is. Because, I'll be very honest, because of the shortfalls and failures, I think, of the VA system, we have so many of these, you know, veterans organizations that are out there to stepping in to fill that gap, but it's it's becoming flooded without a doubt, and of course, when you flip on the TV, you're going to see the Wounded Warrior Foundation and and all of the many others that are out there, to include some of these scam artists that are, you know, capitalizing on Camp Lejeune and and the water that's there. And so it's critical that you do find that niche, that thing that separates you out. Talk to us about, you know, this this program about the, the sexual trauma, the uh, the victims of sexual assault, because that's something you don't hear about with many of these other programs. You hear about, you know, losing lambs and things of this nature, right. but you don't hear about that invisible trauma uh, that especially affects our female troops, and, and I'm sure some male troops as well.
1: Yeah, and actually it's interesting that you talk about the male perspective, because as a, um, for men, right, it's hard to raise your hand and say, I need some help. Oh, it God, gets yeah. It e- even harder when there's been military sexual trauma added on. A lot of times when we offer a retreat, uh, it's going to be specific for uh, post-traumatic stress. Yeah. Because that's the what the men are feel much more comfortable going to a PTS mm-hmm. retreat. And then a lot of times the MST comes out from that retreat because mm-hmm. they're in a safe space.
0: And MST is military sexual trauma.
1: Correct. Yeah. Military sexual trauma. And um, we definitely have a four to one demand, though, for women to come through one of our programs. Yeah. And 600 veterans on our wait list. Wow. Yeah, 600. We've served over 1,000 to date. But... Every single day. We don't have a director of programs right now. And so I'm the one getting the inquiries. And it's nonstop.
0: Oh, are you Every looking day, for a director of programs?
1: We are. We, we actually identified somebody. Okay. Um, Sorry, I was trying <laughs> to, you know,
0: get a finder's fee out there, but no. <laughs>
1: he's, he's onboarded a few hours okay. a month. Okay. Um, and then hopefully we'll get him on full time soon. We definitely need him. Um, and he, he is a combat veteran, so yeah. excited to announce who he is, hopefully shortly. Wonderful. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's definitely a prog- problem, but we we're here to be part of that healing journey. And like I said, we're one of three organizations, so the demand is there. Yeah. The product's there and, and we have uh you know a very successful, impactful product for sure.
0: Now let's talk about the scope. You're based here in the Texas North Texas yep. area. Uh where are many of your programs conducted, your retreats and things of this nature, and how you know, well is your reach across the country.
1: Right. So we operate our program out of Graham, Texas. Okay. We're very grateful to have uh, a relationship with another nonprofit called the Young County Warrior Ranch and they let us use their ranch for free. We do need a uh, large space to do it. Mm-hmm. And we originally were founded in Vermont and moved here a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, we serve veterans and actual spouses. We do retreats for spouses as Good. well across the country. Um, eventually what we'd like to do is keep serving veterans nationwide. We're, we're never going to stop that, but eventually we'd also make, we'd really like to make sure that we're, you know, really servicing our community as well, since we're mm-hmm. Texas is our home mm-hmm. and do Texas only retreats at some point too. Mm-hmm. So make it a combination. I mean, ideally we would be doing, uh, retreats twice a month.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but you need to build some financial capital to have that yes. happen. So we're not quite there, but we're going to get there. And,
0: now, when you talk about retreats, give us an idea about what a, a retreat program looks like, you know, the, the length, what the focus is.
1: Yep. So we run them from a Saturday to a Saturday. Okay. Um, and then it's, they're holistic. They're not traditional, clinical, or behavioral. So it's a combination of daily yoga, expressive arts is a critical part of it, peer-to-peer, group discussions, reflection time. There is some spirituality Uh, nature activities this is the reason why we want the ranch yes Um, they're small and we keep them small on purpose there's only eight veterans that go through at a time Mm -hmm. right it's very different if we had 500 veterans in a hotel convention center nobody's going to open up no so by bearing you know eight veterans together um, we usually have a mentor a facilitator in training and then two facilitators that run the retreats and this is this is interesting our facilitators are all volunteers, mm. and there's always one veteran facilitator paired with a civilian facilitator, and the veteran facilitator has most likely gone through the program. Good. And, you know, they go through that mentorship and then yeah. the facilitator in training. When they feel like they're ready to step up to that level, then they will actually uh, facilitate a program. And we have a few that, are, that have been with the program the entire time.
0: Now, how can people get engaged and get involved in supporting you? And, and what's the cost for bringing, you know, eight veterans down for one of your uh, your training programs?
1: So they, can go, programs. they, can, they can go to uh, warriorconnection.org. That's the best way to learn about how to support our program, how to get involved with the program, how a veteran can sign up and unfortunately go on the wait list at this moment. Mm. Um, the... Um, um the program um I'm actually lost my train of thought <laughs> Sorry, oh, I, I forgot the question.
0: Well, uh, no, what we're talking about is, you know, the cost. The cost, uh, Because right. we want to make sure how can people support you because, you know, you're talking about Saturday to Saturday yeah. and you're talking about airline travel or, or some type yeah. of travel down to Graham, Texas, and, of course, the lodging, the meals and all yeah. of these type of things. So what's that cost for one person to be able to go through one of your retreat yeah. programs?
1: So the average cost is $2,500. Mm. Um, it also depends, right? The airline ticket is the most expensive, yes. hands down. Um, when we have offsetting costs, it obviously brings the average down. So, for instance, the last couple of retreats, H-E-B stepped up and provided all the food. Mm. Um, the Graham and uh, Lions Club and Rotary Club, they provided all the transportation for these last two treats. So t- it wasn't $2,500, but on average, it's $2,500 to put one veteran through the program. Okay. It is 100% covered for every veteran and every facilitator so they, there was no out-of-pocket expenses to them
0: now can someone just say you know I want to volunteer to be behind the scenes you know help you with making phone calls coordinate whatever sweep the the yeah. the, the facility you know how can people do that and step into that gap
1: they definitely can um, one of the most common ways is to bring meals so a lot of okay. people like to cook or come to the property and cook and have a meal with the veterans and the participants. Um, so, and that's a great offsetting cost for us too. Yes. Um, so we always encourage that. One of the most critical parts of the healing journey is the very last day. So that Friday afternoon is inviting the community to come in mm-hmm. and meet with the participants. They have an opportunity to share their stories as much as they want mm-hmm. and their experience. And the, And the community shares their gratitude. And it's a really important bonding moment for the individuals that are going through the retreat. And Mm -hmm. quite frankly, it's exceptionally impactful for the community to have this interaction with these veterans and these uh, heroes. And the only thing I ask and the only thing that's needed is if your listeners want to come to a retreat, graduation, to please, you know, contact us at info at warriorconnection.org so we can be prepared to host them at the property.
0: That'd be great. So as we get ready to wrap up this interview, you talk about scale. So where you are right now, where do you see the Warrior Connection being three to five years from now?
1: Well, we try to do seven to nine. Okay, seven to nine. Nine retreats a year. Um, this oh, year, seven
0: to nine retreats. I thought you meant years. But seven to nine uh, retreats, yeah. okay. Yeah,
1: seven to nine retreats a okay. year. Um, we'd like to be running a retreat monthly for sure, if yeah. not uh, twice a month. At some point, it would also be great to be partnering with additional nonprofits in other parts of the country so we could actually be operating multiple retreats in multiple locations and helping more veterans.
0: And hiring the staff to do that, is that going to be a challenge or?
1: Uh, I suspect so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I suspect so. We're, we're not quite there yet. You know, we want to scale here and make sure that we're doing monthly retreats here in Texas first. Super. Um, but we do have actually other nonprofits that are interested in, in partnering with us, but... Let's, let's make sure that we get sustainable here in Texas, and then we'll, yeah. then we'll get there.
0: You do the blocking and tackling here, and then you can worry about That's the right. fancy plays later. <laughs> right.
1: right. <laughs>
0: Absolutely great. Okay, again, how can people get in contact with you to help support you, to volunteer, to bring meals, things of this nature, uh, the Warrior Connection?
1: The best way is to go to warriorconnection.org, but they can contact me at uh, info at That mailbox comes to me, and quite frankly, you can give me a call um 940-315-4777 is my cell. Okay. And I'm happy to take calls and emails and and to visit our website warriorconnection.org to learn more and to help us out.
0: And for you veterans out there that are dealing with the MST MST, the military sexual trauma, please seek out the Warrior Connection to get the help because again, this is a very unique uh... you know trauma that is out there that you've got to fight through it and you've got to admit that you do have a problem male or female you've got to say that i need the help and the warrior connection is there to help you any parting words thoughts or anything else you want to get out about the warrior connection elizabeth
1: well i want to thank our veterans and their families for the service. Uh, We obviously wouldn't be here uh, if you hadn't defended our democracy and our freedom and our way of life. So thank you so much. We are here to help you. So feel free to reach out. We want to help. And thank you again for hosting us today.
0: My pleasure. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Special thanks to Elizabeth Fields for being with us and discussing the Warrior Connection and what they are doing to help the lives of our veterans who are still struggling with an unseen enemy. And if you like this podcast, please click the like button and share it with others. And until next time, steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down.